What is up, rugby fans? Scott here at the Staff Pod. Got a class episode installed with a deep dive into the Curry Cup, the Springbok training squad, and we also caught up with Nietling for sheer. Before then, I'd like to welcome in the mulleted man, known by other names, Keegan Hall. Steaks, how are you, mate? Pretty good. Mullet's keeping me cold uh, on the side of the world, on the side of the side of the pip. But I would like to say congratulations to us for episode 10 of the podcast. We made it, guys. Double digits and happy as ever to be a part of it and happy to uh, bring a little bit of the, the insight we have <laughs> and knowledge we have of rugby. But most importantly, we're here for the Kakparat. Absolutely. And talking about the knowledge that we have got, which is very, very limited, I hasten to add. Uh, Grick was playing the Pumas over the weekend. Grick was losing Pumas 27, Grick was 17. Grick was just kind of threw away their playoff hopes, which was disappointing to see. Tina Stabier from the Pumas looked really, really class. I think he's key for them in the playoffs, as he has been before. Were you, what were your thoughts on that game, Steaks? I think I think the scoreline sort of flatters Pumas a little bit more than than what it should. I mean, right up to the end, uh, Pumas were only up 2017, and that last try was a bit of an unlucky bounce just out of the player's hand, straight through the middle, and then goes and scores a try. So wasn't really like it was a super worked um, try at all. But like you say, almost kind of like threw it away at the at the end there. But I will say, sort of going on opposing flyoffs. I was pretty impressed by Lubavalo Dovella and his performance uh, for the Grick was. I tell you what, I have never seen a South African fly half sort of cut through the line and break lines pretty much like a, like a Bowden Barrett. And, you know, doing a bit of research, he's, he's a former uh, junior Bok. He's a top, top player in the Varsity Cup. And the man's only 22. So I'm I'm quite eager to see what happens there. See how he develops. He's such a young player. Obviously, we've got um, we've we've got some good fly-offs at the moment, but not as much depth when you consider how much depth we have for the Springboks for the scrum offs. So it would be quite nice to see how a young player like Dubella sort of grows in the game of rugby. And obviously, leaning on that as well, you have uh, announcements from Brickwood's coaches sort of mentioning that. You know, they're only going to be playing rugby again in 2024 and that they are open to loaning players to URC teams to try and get their players a bit more game time and not have this massive preseason, but actually have the players competing in really, really good uh, competitions. So it would be quite, uh, quite interesting to see who gets picked up by other teams, especially a team like Stormers, where possibly the budget isn't quite there just yet. It would be quite interesting to see if maybe we could pick someone up or even if Dobella himself gets picked up by a, a bigger team and just has that opportunity to sort of develop and learn from really experienced uh, Springbok players. I mean, I think that's a good point in terms of Dobella because at the moment or over the weekend, Province played a, another Varsity Cup 10 because we didn't... Sash Feinberg and Gomezuli's injured. Marty Lubbock and Damien Willemser are with the Springboks at the moment. Cade Volans is also injured. So essentially our four main choice fly halves are gone. And then what, what do you do in that instance? So be interesting to see how many, how many teams actually pick up on that. And also how many teams, non-South African teams, maybe pick up on that too. 
let's see how that unfolds. Now, another man who just looked absolutely possessed over the weekend, and I do mean possessed, was Sanela Nohamba from the Lions. The Lions ended up beating the Griffins 39 to 22. I'm not sure if you saw Nahumba's little kick through darting out the ruck to, to no, set up the try. Oh my God, the vision, the absolute vision. And he's rapid too, and he's got a good boot. So we talk about the the depth at nine. South Africa a few years ago maybe didn't have as many good nines, and suddenly the, the nine stocks are flourishing. Moving on to the Bulls and the Cheetahs game, game marred by a, a red card. Obviously, El Rechlo getting sent off fairly early on. Bulls went down 31 to 27. Do you think that this harms the Bulls going into next week? Because we've got a re well, this week rather, because we've got a replay of this game this weekend in a semi-final. Who do you think has taken more from this? A Bulls team who pushed the Cheetahs quite close with 14 men or a Cheetahs team that managed to, to win away from home? Yeah, I think I think it's either way as well, to be honest. I mean, you have the Bulls sort of uh, being confident, being able to go 19-0 up against the Cheetahs. But then at the same time, it sort of shows, okay, it was against 14 men. But then the Cheetahs sort of clawing back and, and winning the game overall. I think when you think about it, going down to 14 men and the Cheetahs being able to come back um, during such a large portion of the game, only playing with 14 players, having gone up 19-0, I reckon the Bulls might have a bit of confidence um, going going into this week coming up where they, they can't beat themselves up too much. Maybe just obviously watch the discipline in that. But I think I think from both sides, there was strong showing um, a, a great start from the Bulls, but an awesome comeback from the Cheetahs, you know, sort of identifying and taking advantage of playing against 14 men. So I think it's I think it's going to be a tough one to call for this week. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Another team that maybe has questionable momentum heading into this kind of weekend will be the Sharks, who took a bit of a hiding off the off, off province. So that final well, scoreline there was 44 to 5. It's just a, a bit of a masterclass from Province, if I'm honest. Now, the one thing I would say is the Sharks did rest quite a few players, so it's not a real barometer for Curry Cup form. One thing I will say, though, is I was really impressed by the Marty's fly half, Yuri Mati. Hope is that this is obviously not going to, though, hurt the Sharks' momentum going into this weekend. Do you think... What do we think? Do we think this is this is the the game that might lead to the Sharks having a dip in form and, and then maybe slipping up over the weekend? No, I don't, I don't think it'll have a dip in form. I think, to be honest, you, you have a province team that was very inconsistent towards the end here of the Curry Cup. And, uh, you know, you, you are resting players at the same time. More than likely, they went into the game with the mindset of, uh, you know, province haven't been too hot. I'm sure we can just coast by. And then, obviously, with that brand of, of rugby from province, is if you just sit back for two seconds, they are going to come and they're going to score tries. I don't see Pumas playing that sort of rugby anyways, you know? So I think in that sense, you know, Sharks uh, a bit more switched on against the Pumas. It's not that flashy style of rugby that the province play where, you know, it's either going to go in your favor and you're going to score a lot of points on the board or it's not going to go well at all and you're just hardly going to score tries and you're going to let tries in. I think the Sharks are going to, they've got good momentum. They've rested some players and I think they're going to be ready for this weekend. 
Now, speaking of that Western Province team, we're stoked to be joined by Stormers and Western Province prop, URC title winner and double South African Shield winner, Nitlin Fischer. Nitlin, how are you, bud? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Lucky to, to be chatting to you. Yeah, and uh, doing well. Obviously, our season ended this weekend. Unfortunately, a bit, a bit early for us in the Curry Cup. But yeah, I mean, it was a long season. And um, I must say, the, the body is quite ready for some rest. So um, yeah, doing well. Thanks. You mentioned it there. Province obviously doing very, very well over the weekend. Impressive 44-5 to victory over the Sharks. You've mentioned that your 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 body is feeling a bit sore. Was it good to just end the season on a high and, and get a win under the belts just to, to end things off? Yeah, I mean, 100%. Yeah, obviously, we played the URC final and it was uh, quite a short turnaround um, to go and play Griquas in Kimberley, you know, which is never easy there. You know, the great fat sometimes slacks you in. And, um, yeah, I mean... We were obviously very disappointed with with the result. We we didn't get a result there at Grigos, and then obviously made it made it a, a bit difficult for ourselves to to get into the playoffs. While we were warming up on on Saturday afternoon, we were watching the with one eye watching the Bulls game against the, the Cheetahs, and uh, yeah, it was a bit touch and go for us. Maybe could have sneaked in there, but um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, the the whole message the the week was just you know. You know, when you when you put on a Western Province jersey, it's it means something. You know, so it's not about only playing the games. You know, for playoffs and 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 and, and you know semi-finals and finals. It's about you. Know, you are we are part of a very small club of 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 gentlemen that will be able to play. With, you know, with the jersey. So you know, it, it was a kind of a, a weird week in a sense of you almost knew that you know your chance of going through it are slim. But still, that's not, you know, that's never an excuse for you to just rock up and, you know, just go through the motions. And I think the lucky thing was the way we pitched up in a, in a dead rubber. Um, that, that shows something about the character of, of, of the, obviously, the young guys coming through. And just, I think, you know, all the, the character of us, about the players at, at the Stormers in Western Province, you know, it, you know, it means something to play for it. And it's, and it's, Every time you get to put on a jersey, it's about, you know, leaving that jersey in a better place before you got it. Yeah. I, I think exactly as you were saying there, it was, the, it was a really nice way to end off the season, you know, hammering the, the Sharks like that, a team that is in such yeah. good form. Obviously, I, I don't know if you've heard the podcast before, but we've actually been told that we should rename the podcast from Safapod to Stormapod because we're always, um, you know, very biased in that sense. But going along with the, after the Griquas game, obviously I saw a, a post on social media sort of saying that the last few results against the Griquas obviously haven't gone the, the way of Western Province. Also sort of had it, uh, you guys had it against uh, Munster, you know, these sort of records that um, play against you in your favor. Does that get to a lot of players? Is it something that's on your mind or are you guys able to just sort of shush it away and what you know this this week's a new week it's a new game you sort of just play it by yeah how do you guys sort of deal with that noise answering you on the, on the Greek was you know it's that's the thing you know we've got I think five or six victories now against the Bulls in a row and I mean they've had and, and Greek have had you know Western Province number for a loss I think also five or six games you know you know you must you must give credit where credit is due I mean it's 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 obviously 
it's a tough environment to play rugby in Kimberley. You know, I've got one or two uh, friends there that you know, and it's it's a tough environment to play rugby. But I mean, those guys pitch up every time you play them. You you, you know, it's not going to be easy when you play them. And um, I mean, for for us before the kick was, we were actually chatting about it. You know, saying, "Listen, this guy's beat us, beaten us five times in a row, and we need to." We need to know that, and we need to respect them for that. And um, I mean, even still, they, we, we couldn't get uh, the the victory. It just shows, you know, it's 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 difficult to go play to go play those guys, especially when they are up for for a game. You know, like they always will be against Western Province on the wrong end of of of, of a monster, um, you know, sequence, having lost against them now three times in a row. I mean, that's the thing. The guys were. You know, before the final, almost there was, you know, a bit of stuff in the media of us not respecting them. But I promise you, it's, it's, it's. We've never not respected them. I mean, it's, it's, it's a simple answer of just looking at. We haven't got, we haven't beaten them. We haven't, we haven't, you know, got the, uh, got the code yet to, to beat Munster. So, um, so I mean, it's, it's not lacking to be on on, on the wrong end of of a, you know, of a, of a sequence of of losses like that but yeah obviously the thing the thing in rugby which 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 people don't like to to hear and stuff is that that's the only place where you learn you know we learn we will learn so much from that final even even more now that we lost you know it's it's you will do a deep reflection of of yourself as a player and as a team you know and you will it will make you i think a harder team to beat going forward you know because the introspection will be you know very deep um that's one of keegan's favorite sayings i think we've probably heard it about a hundred times on the on the podcast you learn more from your your losses than you do from your victories it's very very true now whether whether the stormers or province win or lose one thing that nobody can deny is the fact that you guys play exciting rugby i think there's a a bit of a stereotype against the african rugby where it's deemed as not exciting especially the, the the type five the lower numbers now that's not the case of the Stormers and, and Province. How have the the coaching team changed the way you guys play? Because prime example over the weekend, five forwards playing was out the back balls to to set it up wide. What's been the coaching shift there to, to get you playing as well as you have been? Yeah, so they basically took out all of the the weights in the gym and we're just battling balls in there now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean I think. You know, after COVID, we, I think the guy, the coaches sat down and, and, and almost thought like, you know, how, how is, what is the DNA of, of Western Province and, and Stormers, you know? And then I think they took us back to our roots, you know, which is, it's a, it's a, it's a running rugby, but it's, it's built on a very physical back and forward, a back which, which will maul you and, and, and scrum and, uh, you know, the, the, the tight facets of the game will never be let out the back door. That will always be still the you know the, the foundation of you know what we build build our game on. But I think you know the way that Derby name on you know engraved in training you know of, for all of us you know it's not only the backs just for you to play what you see you know it's it's a it's a nice backing you get from the coaches to go and express yourself even like me and you know, I'm a prop and. They encouraged me to get my my hands on the ball, you know, and um, and trying to find space. It's it's it, you know it's nice. It's a nice environment to play in. It's not you know it's it's never a sense of you looking over your shoulder constantly and, and thinking like, no nah, shit, I don't. I'm I'm not going to try this because I'm scared to do it. You know, it's a it's a go and express yourself environment. You know, so and that's 
I think for any rugby player, that's what you want, you know, because when you think of when you started playing rugby, you know, what was the, th- the first thing you did? You know, you, you took that ball and you started running with it. And I mean, that's the that's the core of rugby. That's 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 enjoying rugby. Yeah, I must say, like the, the way we train, we train it, you know, we train those chaos situations. We, 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 it's anyone should be able to see space. Anyone should be able to pass to his left, pass to his right. Anyone should be able to do offload. You know, it's it's not fixed on a number on your back. Um, obviously, you know, Gaza and then Marnie and the boys are a little bit more natural with it. But yeah, it's it, it's nice to see, you know, like you say, that, that try we, a few tries we scored on the weekend where it's a, a, a couple of tight five guys handling it before the try score, you know. So um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just lucky to be part of it. Um, and yeah, long, long may it continue. You say long may it continue. I think you signed a, a new three-year deal at the start of this year. So clearly yeah. you're you're invested in the team and the team's performing quite well. Is it safe to assume that you boys are feeling quite positive about the administration and the finance side of things and, and you, you feel those are going to be resolved quite quickly? I won't get too much into the politics of it, you know, because we obviously, we, we, we focus on playing the rugby. We are positive. I mean, the, the, the stuff that we've been hearing now, you know, it, it sounds like it's close. <laughs> I'll never tell you. Listen, a number of, you know, a timeline, because at the end of the day, you know, there still needs to be a few stuff, a few water um, to, to run under, you know, under the bridge. I think, I think it is close. And I must say the the way the coaches have shielded us from, you know, all the, all those admin and, and a bit of, you know, boardroom drama and stuff, you know, that's been, that's been Lacker because we've been able to to just play rugby, you know, just focus on playing rugby, playing a brand that the people can unite with. That's that's what we've what we've been trying to do, you know, the last two to three years. I mean, and I'll say it's like where where we are headed, you know, even with like you say all the all the off field dramas and stuff, you know, it's it's not affected us on the field, which is lucky to see. And you know, it's 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 nice to see the group staying together. You know, the bulk of the group. Which you know again shows there's faith. There's a there's a, a bigger picture um, for all of us, knowing that this is knowing that you know the storm is we we are in a good place, and I think all of us wants to you know stay a part of that for as long as we can. I think that's it's really comforting, especially given what you're seeing in England at the moment with the likes of London Irish and and Co all going under, and you you could see that from the players and stuff how nervous they were. And all the chaos that's yeah. called. I think it's it's nice for Stormers and Province fans to to have that faith that things are heading in the right direction. It's it's always good to hear. Now, obviously, one of the men that's been with you on the field for for most of the last two years is uh, Kitsy. Are you going to miss him more on the field or more when you're when you're out jawling? And uh, are you tempted to switch to Lucid now that he's departed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Kitsy Kitsy is one of my very good friends. Um, and um, you know, he's, I've, I've told him now a few times. I've there was a few times where I've had to, you know, say goodbye to him. This, this weekend being the, the last of them, you know, they obviously they in camp now until you know the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very sad, you know, to lose a guy. I mean, it's been well documented, you know, all of, how loved he is, you know, by all of us, and just the province man that he is, um, you know, captain through and through, you know, just. Leads by example, you know, doesn't say a lot. Just, just goes and put his, puts his head in there where it's dark, you know. <laughs> there where um, not a lot of guys want to go. And he just does it with a smile, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you say, it's uh, 
I'm going to miss him a lot. He's obviously my golf partner also on uh, on our off days. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a few fun games, you know, um, against the, the other players and some of the coaches and stuff over the years. So yeah, I'm going to miss that. But obviously, it's 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 you know, it's goodbye for now, but it's not it's not final. It, you know, I'm expecting to see him back in in you know in the Western Cape. I know that's that's where he wants to obviously come and live also after rugby. So. Um, and we will we'll be playing much more uh, golf together in the, in the future. On the loose head question, I know, uh, not I don't think lots of people know this, but I always I played Eastman um, in in high school, and then in my grade eleven year, the the forwards coach at Gray um, at Gray Bloom came to me and is like, now listen, we need a prop for next for next season, and I'm like, yeah, but. I'm not sure how to play prop, you know. I played a bit in, in, in primary school, but not high school, you know. He's like, no, it's easy, you know. It's, we, we can help you, you know. You just keep your back straight. And if you, if you don't, if you don't go forward, just, just bite the loose end, just sneeze, then you'll go forward, you know. That was basically the, the coaching I got. And then, yeah, I played, I mean, shifted to tight set in grade 11, and then it just went from there. And then under 20, we had a. I was still at the Bulls, and we had a good tight set. That when we it was still under twenty ones back then. I mean, we had a good tight set, and then a coach also wanted me in the team. But then he told me I'm going to have to shift to loose it. And obviously, young guys are keen. You know, you just you just keen to to get some rugby action. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I'm not sure how to do it, but I'm sure it's not you know massively um, different from tight set. Unfortunately, to to my to my own um, detriment, though, learned a learned a very harsh lesson on the the, the weekend. Popped my C C six C seven disc in my neck. So that was the one game I played loose. It was out of rugby for a year, <laughs> and the doctor told me, "Listen, just stick to tight it. Uh, don't go back to loose it." Uh, which actually just shows, you know, the, the different mechanisms at play, you know, between the two positions. I think a lot of people, I mean, I call it the, the scrum, the dark arts, because most people act like they know what's going on. They have no yeah. clue what's going on there. What would you say is the biggest difference between loose head and, and tight head to somebody who's got absolutely no clue what, what what's happening there? Yeah, I would say the big difference, obviously, just just basic maths. You know, started you scrumming in between two guys, whereas you said you're scrumming, you know, on onto one guy, and that's I think that, that's where I would start with. You know, if you want to do a you know scrumming for dummies book, and then I would go and say, you know, for for us, started it's the weight that we want to you know transfer is more down. You know, we want to almost work the loose heads down, whereas the loose heads, you know, it's, it's reversed. They want to work you up. You know, that's, you know, we'll see the best loose heads like Getsy and and Ox, you know. The, when the tight head is going, searching for air up there, you know, that's that's when you know the, the loose head is doing his job, popping the, the corkscrew. With loose head, I think it's more strumming with your neck, whereas with tight head, it's more, it's, it's also neck, but it's more chest work, you know, working to keep your chest down onto the loose head's neck and then it's it's just that battle there you know his neck trying to pop your chest up your chest trying to work his neck down and um you know obviously the the best guys do it um even the best guys you know sometimes don't get it right you know it's not it's not something you get right every single time but um yeah i'll say that's the 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 most simple way of explaining it thanks that was just for 
for Keegan, if I'm honest, just so he could he could figure it out. <laughs> I love, I love I love scrum chats and no that, that was actually incredibly <laughs> insightful because to be honest like I mean I, I was never a prop or anything but all that information it's like really um, interesting how much goes into the scrum and that you know it's us backline players we just watch you guys just go at it we don't actually know exactly what goes on there but I mean, no, I mean of scrums is there one game or one specific day that you can remember where you just had the hardest work in your in your career one guy that just like really made your life difficult in a game yeah yeah yes as a tight you have more than one day you know it's um the first few years you know for us mere um uh normal props you know not the the wunderkens that we'll, we'll be able to play senior act at 20 and the rest of us you go through um you go through the first four to five years where you're just basically getting scrubbed most of the time, you know, until one day you realize, okay, listen, this is, this is where I want to be. And you just start feeling more comfortable. I mean, that's the thing. Like I told you now, I moved to, I moved to prop in grade 11. So, and a few months later, I was playing in a game, in a game week final against Western province. So that was Cheetahs versus Western province. And yeah, um, everyone's chatting about this, Big Oros guy, uh, 18 years old. He's basically already a Springbok, and uh, I'm gonna have to scrum against him in the final. And then that was Stephen Ketsov. so he was a year older than me. I mean that day. I mean it was just it was it was in Valcom the the Kramer Week final. I mean I was just giving it everything. I mean back then it was still the crouch, you know, touch, pause, engage, and it, it wasn't a bind. So it was it was a bit more also room, you know, to to get to get some speed going. And then I was just like that all season I was beating guys with my speed and I was like, okay, I, I just have to beat him with my speed again. <laughs> yes. And that's first scrum I I'll never forget it. Like I like went as hard as I could and he's just his shoulder blade, he scoffed just like as we could as we hit with the scrum, my my shoulder went numb. <laughs> I'm like and this guy's not even flinching. He's just looking at me like, you know, it's just another day. It's just another day um, at the office, you know. And I'm like, I just gave you everything. And now my shoulder is almost numb. You know, I'm getting pins and needles. And yeah, obviously, so obviously yeah, I had a, had, a tough, had a tough start, you know, with him. And, um, you know, went from there. I think, yes, toughest. We had a Vast Cup game once. I can't remember the guys now. I think it was Joe Smith or something like that. So he played for the Pucker. That was in Boston Cup back in, I think, 20, 2016 or 20, 2015, somewhere there. And I mean, he was like a weightlifter type guy, but also playing loose head for, for Pucker. I mean, that guy just, he ate me up that day. I think I gave away like four or five penalties. And I was like, you know, thinking afterwards, telling telling my, my, my folks, listen, I don't think I don't think rugby is like the way for me to go. You know, you're feeling so bleak. And then the guys that that knew, you know, the, the game of tight just kept on telling me, listen, that that's that's the tight way, you know. Yeah, you, you for the first few years, you, you know, you us mere mortals, you know, you go through this developing phase where you just you get pumped for most of the times, and then one day something just clicks, you know, you just start understanding how to distribute your weight better, where you want to be, you just start feeling more comfortable, and then obviously. You, you you start understanding the the arts of scrum and then and then you come up against Ox. <laughs> I think I came up against him in a in a Superior Sunday. I mean, I was just like, 
listen, this guy's just so strong. You you try everything with him. You try, you know, I try to take him out, try to take him in, you try to take him down. And he's just like a block of granite, you know, he's just mo- not moving. And the worst part is he's smiling at you, you know. So he's he's destroying you also like laughing at you, you know, while he's doing it. So um I'm I mean that that would be I think in my in my memory bank, you know, the few times I really had a tough day at the office. I think exactly that. If you can't beat them, you got to join them by signing for the Stormers, eh? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And now you mentioned Stephen Kitzloff and Oxenchair there. They're they're both playing in the World Cup, hopefully later on this year. Other than South Africa, if you had to put money on another team or maybe even a dark horse that you think could win. Who would it be? Obviously, everyone everyone is is, is talking up Ireland and, and France. You know, rightfully so. They've, they've been playing great rugby. I think a dark horse for me would be Australia. A very dark horse. Just because of Eddie Jones going there now. I, I mean, no one will be giving them a chance. I mean, the way they've been playing last few years, you know, it's a very average team. Well, they, they beat the box in a, a, few, a few times. But, you know, they're not, not a rugby World Cup winning team, but just looking at the draw that they've got, you know, they've got they, they don't have that much competition going up until the final. You know, the you know the whole story it's it's, it's well you know documented of the pools being you know a bit a bit more skewed this year. You know, if, you know with the box France and Ireland and All Blacks on the one side. So I actually think Australia's got a good chance, you know, to sneak into a final. You know, without going without giving too much um, notice and then probably going to come up against one of those four teams, you know, and then in a final, you know, anything can happen. You know, if you on that final, just that little bit more on, um, Eddie Jones will have his plans. I mean, he's one of the best coaches. I think England made a massive mistake to let him go now. I mean, he's a sly old fox, so he'll come up with tricks. And um, I think the Australian, the, the players will buy into him. So I think for me, that's a dark horse going to the World Cup now. Yeah, I think Eddie Jones is very much an agent of change. I think England's biggest mistake was the fact that they they let their coach go, but then let him sign for one of their biggest rivals literally two months later. It's ridiculous. I think um, of all that having now, you know, giving yeah. Australians, and they can probably maybe get come up against him at, at the World Cup. So uh, we'll yeah. see. Now, what are your plans for the the off season yet, Lung? And will they include more Tiger Milk uh, Burger and Beer challenges? And the the other question is, did you complete it or didn't you? No, hundred no, percent not. So, I mean, it was actually quite funny. Me and Brocky, which is you know the guys, I think lots of lots of the guys had had, had money on us. You know, <laughs> we tapped out first. You know, it was yeah that that thing is impossible to do. It's uh, it's almost a kilogram of of meat. Then you're not even haven't even started with the chips or the buns or there's like these cheese balls on it at the top, and then you have to do a, lit, a liter beer. So no, I mean I was like, I started very well, you know, it was like that that classic when you at school you started the, the 800 meter and you sprint that first part and you're like ahead by like 100 meters and you're like thinking you're gonna coast this thing, <laughs> and then you and you and you tap out and the guys lap you. No, I mean it just yeah. It's just too short. Fifteen minutes to to to, to do all that. It's uh, even for even for us properties, you know, it's, it's just too much food. Andre Hovender actually came quite close. Um, the young gun, you know, he was he was quite close. He had a little bit of beer left, and I think a bun and some maybe an onion ring or something. But yeah, I mean, not not any more challenges for me in the off season. Just taking it easy. Um, I think uh, you know it will be. 
spending lots of time with the family, you know, with the the, the wife and our little baby daughter. And um, yeah, we we fortunate enough to to have a, a vacation home there in um, in the garden route. So we'll be heading up there, um, you know, playing a bit of golf, fishing, hopefully. And yeah, I mean, just taking it easy. I think the big thing is just you know switching off your mind. I'm not really planning too much on into the day you know just taking it really like easy sleeping in a bit just uh, yeah i think just re-energizing yourself for the next season coming up yeah i think mentioning talking about kilograms of meat and and what are you going to get up to in that you got any plans uh for any hunting missions or anything this season coming up i see you quite a quite a avid hunter yeah well actually i've, we've, I've I've got a sneaky feeling I'm gonna maybe shoot something this weekend. Um, oh. I've, my good, my good friend Bomar um, uh, he's he's back in the country. So he plays Iraq in France. So he's back in the country now. They they've got a farm just outside Grafrenet, and um, we're going up to visit them this weekend. So and he said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna look at they've got some nice spring box there. So maybe maybe I'll we'll have a sneaky shot that uh, for some Bolton, yeah." No, that's like a, me and my mates. We actually like just found out one of our brand new mates. Oh, uh, you know, we've always been talking about going hunting. I've never been hunting yet, so I'm I'm pretty yeah. eager. To find out that his family owns like a hunting farm as well, and we're just like, mate, how have you not told us this? You know, yeah, so yeah, I've been hunting stick. Oh, yeah, great friend to have. All of us need a friend like that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Nitling, you're obviously 27. And we've seen a, a trend of players playing until they're almost 40. Brock Harris being a prime example of that. Do you see yourself as, as staying in rugby once you've you've retired, maybe picking up the coach's clipboard? People have asked me that question. You know, for me, since I was, you know, little, you know, rugby has been that's been I, I, I always wanted to play rugby, you know, and, and it's so I'm so blessed in that in that in that in that way, you know, that I got to you know, my job is something that I'm really passionate about. You know, it, it never feels like a job, you know, uh, for me. And I've always said that after rugby, I will stay involved in rugby, you know, because that is really, you know, it's my passion. It's what I understand. It's also where I know I can be myself. So, yeah, I mean, I did a, a sports psychology. Um, I got I got my degree and at, at uh, university and. Um, I'll definitely stay involved in rugby, you know, um, through coaching. I think, I think I've, I think I've got some some useful knowledge and um, man management that I've developed over years. I, yeah, I'd like to to be able to to do that after rugby, you know, if I'm if I'm fortunate enough to get the opportunity. Now we like to end things off in a, a bit of a quick fire round, so single word okay. answers or, or the first thing that comes to your head. Best player you've played with or against? Uh, Wally Kalant. Best value or the loosest guy on a night out? <laughs> well, what's the, the first part? Best value. Best value or the loosest guy. So the guy that when you're out, you you either know that you've you've got to keep an eye on him or that he's just going to be loads of fun. Yeah, loads of fun. Um, I would say Adams Van Rijn. Nice. Uh, he's off to sail sharks, so they better watch out. Scrum, scrum or line out? Scrum. Nice. Uh, do you have any pre-match rituals? Are you superstitious at all? I listen to to worship music, Hillsong. That's like the thing before every game. Yeah. Probably. And best game of your career, or the career that really stands out in your memory? Yeah, I'll, I'll say I played. It was. It's, it's, it's actually kind of weird. I know it's not a one-word answer, but I had a I had a twenty-five minute cameo against the Crusaders in twenty. 
2019. And I, I came on, I played really, really well, scrummed well, you know, against them. We had a good scrum, you know, got a few penalties there, made lots of tackles and, you know, just had a very good influence on the game. I think we, we, drew, we drew them and that was kind of a springboard for me, I think, at, at, at the Stormers in Province. You know, I think they saw something there that they, um, you know, which developed into a, a nice a nice career with them so far, yeah. That's that's a good answer. We've had we've had varying answers from different players. Some players do do high school games or just games that stand out. Sometimes yeah. like the ones that you're you're expecting. So that's great. But yeah. Yetling, yeah. thanks for, for being such a class guest, mate. And um, we really yeah. enjoyed chatting to you. We're we're really looking forward to watching you next season. And obviously, myself and Steve's being province and and Stormers supporters, we'll, we'll definitely be cheering you on. And hopefully it's yeah. a, a, another great season from you and the boys. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, and thanks. Um, it's like a, it's like a podcast, like a chilled, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat again soon. Just give me, just give me a message, and um, we'll do it. All right, man. Great stuff. Looking forward to it. Thanks, man. Okay, okay, Scotty. Cheers, Geeks. Cheers. Bye, guys. Cheers, man. Steaks, Netlink for share. What a nice guy. You know what? Even considering all that scrum chat, what a lovely chat. <laughs> that was awesome, man. It, it was awesome. That was a, a really cool episode. Honestly, every episode just gets better and better. And it's um it's awesome. It was nice to sort of chat to a to a Stormers boy key after the season they had, you know. I mean, honestly, whether they win or lose, it does not matter. You know, they always make us proud no matter what. And yeah, it was cool just to catch up with one of the one of the boys. Yeah, man, it was great. Steegs. Now, one of the the big things from the week was the announcement of the Springbok training squad. Wanted to go through that with you and and see if there was anybody there that you you thought maybe missed out in terms of the props. I'm I'm not really surprised by anybody. You've got Tom Stoy, Stephen Kitsoff, Vincent Koch, France Malherba, Oxen Chair, and Trevor Inyakanye. I think those are kind of tried and tested. There's there's nobody there that. I think really makes it in. The only person I think might have some argument is the likes of Vilko Lowe, who plays for Harlequins. But I think it's so tough to to get into that into that squad, especially when you've got somebody like a Thomas Dutoy who can play either side of the scrum. Hookers is maybe somewhere where people might have something to say. You've got Joseph Dweber, Malcolm Marks, and Bongi Mbanambi. We all know that Malcolm Marks and Bongi Mbanambi are tried and tested one and two, or one and one really. I don't really see anybody else making it into that squad. Do we think that Joseph Weber is lucky to get into that squad, just given the fact that he can be a bit hot and cold? Okay, I'm going to take off my bias Stormers hat right now, my invisible bias Stormers hat, and people are still going to claim that I'm being biased. But I don't know, man. I think, to be honest, apart from, literally, man, apart from a few bad lineouts in his, in his first few Springbok games, Obviously, the the jitters sort of got to him a little bit. I think he's he's had a great he's had a good season. He's he's very much a, a fired up player like a, like a Bongi Umbanambi, and um, I, I think he's just played so well, man. He, he's an absolute staunch tank of a man, and he, he runs the ball extremely well. He plays really well. He's, he's he's an exciting player. He gets fired up. He gets the boys fired up. And I think he's been a lot more consistent during the the URC and the Heineken in terms of his lineouts and that. And I, I don't think he's 
necessarily lucky to get in. I think he's sort of proved himself to had a, have had a chance last year. And uh, I, th- I think he's played well enough to be able to get into that side. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I, I can't really think of anybody else who you could say needs to be part of that lineup, if I'm honest. I don't yeah, think exactly. I think the only person that you might might be able to to throw into that ring is the young hooker from the Bulls. And I think he's probably one of the 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 players for the future. But at the moment, I just can't see him making it in. One place that we are certainly absolutely blessed is the locking department. So you've got Lotiaga, Ibn Etzbeth, Marvinari, RG Steeman, who've all been named as out and out locks. Now Ibn Etzbeth is still in injured that was confirmed today he's probably not going to make the start of the rugby championship it might be more close to the middle of the rugby championship but the one strange inclusion and maybe the inclusion that has got a couple of eyebrows raised especially because South Africa as a nation rejected the idea of the three-year stand-down rule is the inclusion of Jean Klein in the locking department who obviously played for Munster now First things first is, are you a fan of that decision? But second thing is, do we think that that's a bit unfair on Jason Jenkins, who is probably an equal player and has been in the mix too? Yeah, I think if you've um, if you've if you've played overseas and now you're playing for a different country, I think uh, you've you've sort of made that decision. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I think we'd, we'd all be saying, yeah, it makes sense if it was an Irvin Itzabeth that sort of went overseas and you know, turned into the player he's turned, he, he is now. And then we were just like, you know, we need to get this guy back in on Springbok soil. I think in the sense, when you have players that are of equal caliber, it, it, it doesn't really make sense. But I mean, hey, in Rossi, we trust, mate. In Rossi, we trust. Yeah, I just think, just think it's a bit of a strange one. Loose forwards wise, we've, we've got maybe one option there that, that could also play in the locks and Peter Steph Tsoi. You've got Sia Khaleesi, who is definitely not going to be playing in the rugby championship. That was confirmed. However, he is on track to make the start of the World Cup, according to the Springbok coaching team. You've then got two A options in Yevon Rus and Quacha Smith, bit of a blindside option in Marka van Staden, and then another old head in Dwayne Vermeulen, and then the new kind of standard eight in Jasper Visa. I don't think there's any surprises there, but I have said this before. I think Marka van Staden is there just because he's been in and around the mix. I do question whether or not somebody like a Hachiva Diamani or an Elrich Lowe should be there ahead of him, but that that's just my thoughts. Utility forwards-wise, you've got Jean-Luc Dupreer and Franco Mostert. Once again, both of them can play lock, but equally as good in the back row. And you've got Dion Free too, who's down as utility forward because he can hop into the front row, although we've not actually seen him scrum there for a fair while. Any any players there that you you think maybe aren't deserving of a, a spot or anybody you'd switch out? No, I think it's I think honestly for the first time I'm pretty damn happy with the with the Springbok setup at the moment and yeah it's it's just an incredible team. I keep telling everyone who doesn't really keep up with the rugby all of my mates that like hey we've got a strong team going into this World Cup and a lot of these international players and ex ex players and coaches are are really not looking at the Springboks close enough so i think that's going to be quite interesting um i i just you know what i i was just thinking about it now with this whole sia kolisi situation with i mean what 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 was it it was it was knee it was knee surgery that that he yeah um, it was what yeah yeah and it's like you know what like 
it makes me think almost like, are they, I mean, you have a guy like Ibn Elizabeth now where it was sort of, oh no, he'll be ready before the, the championships. And then he's not. And then you have a guy like, like Sia Kulisi, which is of utmost importance to this country and to the Springbok side and stuff like that, you know, to captain and, and lead the team. He's what, what he's done for this country and to bring um, everyone in this country supporting the Springboks and that. Do you reckon that there's a slight possibility that they sort of know he might not, there's a good chance he might not be able to make the World Cup side and they're sort of making these promises just to sort of get that hype and that and, and that we will have our frontline head boy of South Africa, as I always say. But you, you, you know what I mean? Just in terms of marketing and, and getting people super interested in the in the World Cup. I don't know. It's, it's maybe a, a, a odd, odd uh, thought that I've been having, but maybe. Listen, I think I was just reading it there in terms of what, when Yebin, so Yebin will be ready by the middle of the rugby championship. As I said, I don't think they would risk bringing a player who's unlikely to play in such a vital position you know what i mean in terms of an open side flanker it's it's very difficult to find an open side because if quokka smith and dion free both go down you want somebody who can just slot in there so i i don't think they're playing silly buggers do i think that him being fully fit is a bit optimistic yes yes i do but apparently he's hitting all his metrics I've seen videos of him in the gym doing squats. So it can't be that far away. I think if you were still walking around in a knee brace, I'd be very concerned. Because <laughs> that yeah. would be let's hope, man. Let's hope. I, I I think outside the box, man. And I'm always I'm always up for for conspiracy theories. I'll take my tinfoil hat off. <laughs> yeah, please do. And and your storm is one as well. Another note though, in terms of hats, clothing, whatever it might be, have you seen the new Springbok? training kit with the, the little nike symbol on it i cannot wait to see the new the new um actual springbok shirt when it comes out the new nike shirt i wonder if it'll be vastly different from the one that we've already got because that'll be quite cool to to see i just hope it's good man i hope it's good you and i both man you and i both uh moving on to the scrum halves we've got a wild number of scrummies by the way in the scrum halves, you've got Fafta Clark, Jaden Hendricks, Herschel Yankees, Kobus Reinach, and Grant Williams. They're only going to take three scrum halves to the World Cup by the sounds of things. I think Fafta Clark and Jaden Hendricks are likely the ones to slot in there. And then it's a straight shootout between Herschel Yankees and Kobus Reinach. I think that Herschel Yankees might be on the back foot a little bit just because Reinach offers something a little bit different in terms of the way he plays. It's be interesting to see who who they pop in there. But as I said earlier, we've just got an embarrassment of riches at mind. It's actually ridiculous at the moment. Where we don't have an embarrassment of riches is at fly half. And the news today is that Andre Pollard has picked up a calf injury or a calf niggle and will likely not be ready for the rugby championship. And also that Damien Willemser has picked up a bit of a shoulder niggle. So they're not sure if he'll be ready for the rugby championship either. So at the moment, we have only got one fly half who is actually at the ready, and that's Marnie Lebok. Um, there was talk of whether or not Elton Yankees might make a return as, as injury cover, and, and they're saying it might be possible. They're still negotiating things and figuring that out. Is that a worry for you, Steaks, that we've not even started the season and, and up to 
first choice fly halves as per the, the, the Springbok coaches are unavailable. If Marnie Lubbock is listening, I back you 100%. I, and you are my boyki. You are my go-to fly off. I said you were going to be in the Springbok side and you did not prove me wrong at all. Um, but it is worrying in the sense of, you know, you, you you have a guy like Andre Pollard, and as much as I love Marnie Lebok, I love the way he plays. I love his brand of rugby. He's just absolutely brilliant in my eyes. He can do no wrong. It is worrying in the sense that our top fly-off is injured and he's not going to make the championships. And if that gets any worse, then we are going with our, our second-choice fly-off. And, you know, this is rugby at the end of the day. It's contact sport. Anyone can get injured at any time, and you never want to speak that over, over anyone but it, it is such a vital position to have depth in. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it is worrying and it's, it's a little bit scary, but let's just, let's just hope guys can, can get fit and ready for the World Cup again. It would be nice going into the World Cup having won the championship, but that isn't our main focus at the moment. It's about getting these guys prepped and ready for the World Cup so we can defend the, defend the trophy. Yeah, I think it'll be, be interesting to see if both, Damien Willemser and Lebok are both fit, which they're saying they both should be by the start of the championship. Against Australia, do you start Damien Willemser or do you start Lebok, given the fact that he can actually kick for poles quite reliantly? I reckon start Lebok, definitely. Yeah, I, I reckon so too. And I'd, I'd probably put Damien Willemser in at 15, if I'm honest. 100%. Now, looking at the centres, you've got tried and tested in Lucanio Arm and Damien Delalendi. You've then got Andre Estesen and Jesse Creel. Likelihood is they only take three centers to the World Cup because they've got a Damien Villamsa there. A lot of fans say that Jesse Creel should not be there, right? Because he's not as much of a running threat as somebody like a Lacanyam. But who would we actually replace him with? Who would actually be the next best 13 if Jesse Creel was out of the picture? And so was Lacanyam. No, exactly. I mean, it's exactly that. Jesse Creel, he's the one, one thing he has is he has experience with the box and, you know, you can stick him on the wing, you can stick him on the outside and he's, he, he, he does perform. He, he, he hasn't been as standout as he has been in the past, but like you say, there, there isn't anyone else really that could um, completely outshine him and take that spot, which, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Let's, let's hope the Springboks sort of, I mean, like you say, we've got a plethora of scrum offs at the moment, but when you start looking at these injuries and, uh, you know, the, potent, the, the second or third string sort of person coming into the Springboks and you compare it to those New Zealand sides from, you know, 2011 until 2015, 2016, they, they, they just had unbelievable depth at every single position. And, you know, we just need, we need more teams playing really high class rugby. We need, again, like these are all like problems that everyone knows about, but just more money in the country in the sense of our rugby and that. And hopefully these European competitions bring more rugby and sponsorships or bring more money and sponsorships to our rugby teams that we can get our players playing here and that we can keep them playing the South African brand of rugby so that they can really, really step up to the Springboks and we can have third string players that are just absolutely machines that we don't have these conversations of, yeah, this guy shouldn't be there, but who the hell else do we put there? You know what I mean? Here's a wild one for you, right? And I, this is only just coming to my mind. So it's completely un, unscripted. So bear with me. Robert Dupre 
who currently plays for the Sale Sharks, has had an outstanding year. He's played it's at 10, he's played at 12, and he's played at 13 for them. Do you not consider pulling somebody like that in, given the versatility, teach him the calls, teach him the, the structures, so that if because then if you need a 10 you've got a 10 but then if you need a 13 you've got a 13 i know we've got that a little bit in somebody like a damien Willemser, but i just feel that we need somebody who's maybe slightly more versatile and better with the boot and then the other thing is if you've got somebody at 13 with a great boot who's got kick accuracy can kick those 50 22s it adds potentially a third or a fourth boot on the field that means that people have to kind of run around a little bit more and cover more space. Yeah, I think I think I tend to agree with you. I'd rather have a 10 that's able to play 13, 12, 13, uh, than have a guy like Damien Willemser that's been really, really strong um, uh, this, this season, but is it's not his main position right now at 10. You know, that that 10, you've got to have someone that's playing there consistently to to be able to be picked for that you know what i mean and the fact that you know if pollard's injured and our second string 10 has barely been playing 10 at all this season is is a bit worrisome you know because it's you know it's, it's not exactly like jumping on a bicycle you know what i mean you've got to have someone that's been playing there the whole time it's it's such a vital position for the back line steaks for 10 is all i'm saying now Outside backs, Kurtley Aronser, Cheslin Colby, and Vili LaRue, along with Makazola Mapimpi and Kanan Moody. No surprises there, if I'm honest. I think it's pretty tried and tested. You've also got quite versatile plays there in that Kurtley Aronser, Cheslin Colby, Kanan Moody can all slot into 15. And then you've got the likes of a Vili LaRue, who's an out and out 15, and Makazola Mapimpi, who's an out and out wing. I think it's just got a good balance to it. There's nobody there that immediately says, I don't deserve to be here, if you know what I mean. 100%. 100%. Stiegs, the only question I had for you is, how sad are you that there's no OM stain? Because it doesn't look like you'll be part of this World Cup squad, unfortunately. I know. You know what? I was, I was thinking about it, and I was so bleak. You know, this could have very possibly been his third World Cup trophy. I'm pretty sure the only player that would have ever won three World Cups. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, um, father time catches up to you and you get these injuries and everything like that and unfortunately he misses this one because of the injury and i just i don't see him sort of making another world cup on that but at the end of the day he's regardless of it he's an absolute south african legend he's done so much for this country and um unfortunately a few years of you know a bit of controversy and that not being in the springbok setup um, you know, otherwise he would have been easily well over his hundred caps. Just unfortunate about that, but what a player. And if he doesn't play for the Springboks again, he, he said he wanted to end it on his own terms, this, this, uh, last world cup. But I mean, everything that he's done and the player he's been, he's, he's bloody made us all proud, man. And the, the fact that, you know, we, we can sit here and say he's the Chuck Norris of bloody Springbok rugby just says it all. Absolutely. And talking of controversy. Afiwe Dianti has just been announced as the newest outside back for the Sharks after serving his four-year ban, which I believe comes to the end just before the URC starts. It's an interesting one for me because for me, you do your crime, you do your time, you come out, you deserve a second chance. The only thing that niggles in the back of my mind is he still claims that he's not guilty, which just feels highly unlikely. 
So that's the the only issue I've got with it. Other than that, you know what? Fair enough. Come back, prove yourself. And Russie's already said he's willing to give him a go if he gets to the heights that he was at before the ban. What were your thoughts, Stiggs? I absolutely love him. Uh, obviously, extremely disappointed and upset at the fact when he was bust. And um, I've honestly been counting down. Just to clarify, years. you're sad that he got bust, not the fact that he did the PEDs, yeah? No, no, I'm sad he got bust. Every bloody rugby player out there did bloody PEDs at some points, and don't bullshit that. <laughs> like, come on. But at the end of the day, if you're in a professional setting, you shouldn't be touching that stuff. And yeah, I mean, if you if you caught with it and you bust, I mean, I get maybe a, a, a defense of, you know, I mean, there, there's so many medications that doctors give you and everything. But no, at the but end of the he, day, your responsibility. That, he said that he drank out of his friend's water bottle that just happened to have PDs in it. Yeah, I mean, even that, like, like that's that's an even worse excuse. I didn't dive that deep into the, into the, the the thing, you know. But you see all these guys on PEDs, and they, you know, a lot of them claim that oh, they didn't know it was in the medication they were taking. I mean, my my brother-in-law, he went overseas for um, baseball to play in like international tournaments. And I mean, he couldn't even take a pre-workout without one of the guys sort of saying like, don't even touch that stuff. If you want to take anything, you have to run it by us. And that's like a, a amateur South African team playing in a professional uh, international tournament, let alone professional players, you know? So, so you do have a responsibility to not, so, not touch that stuff at the end of the day. You know, he's still going to claim it and stuff. It, it is what it is. I mean, he's one of one of my favorite players when, when he was still playing and that. And like I say, I've been sort of uh, counting down the years and that for him to get back. So, I mean, if he sort of performs the way he's performing, it's going to put a fire under the wings' asses. And I think it's just going to cause more performances from the wings. Yeah, and uh, we're obviously looking forward to some big performances this weekend. Curry Cup fi- semifinals, rather. Quick fire round, Steaks. Cheaters v. the Bulls. Who do you think takes that? Cheaters. I think the Bulls might have it, you know. I hate to say I'm it. Gonna, I want I'm I want the Cheaters back. to win, but I think the Bulls are going to do it. Sharks v. Pumas. Sharks. I, I'm struggling with this one too. My head says Sharks, my heart says Pumas. But we'll see what happens. That is all the time we have for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Remember to give us a follow on the socials and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll catch you next week post Curry Cup semifinals. Goodbye for now.